Yeah, I know what the name of the show is. I, I don't care. When it comes to hockey, when it comes to the Stanley Cup, when it comes to the most beautiful trophy in all of sports being presented, I I just melt, and I'm all about that moment. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates. But last night, last night in Tampa and last night in sports was all about hockey and about that moment. Avalanche 2, Lightning 1, Colorado wins the Cup. The best team in hockey from front to finish wins the cup. The best team in hockey that's built on skill and speed and smarts and more speed. And the great Nathan McKinnon and the generational Kale McCarr. That's the team that ended up on top. I... As someone who loves this sport and has loved it all my life, I am okay with this. You know, all of us who love this game complain about it a lot. And you know what? Most of the time, we're justified in doing so. We will complain about officiating, which had its weak moments last night. We will complain about Gary Bettman, who was diagnosed with COVID before having a chance to go out and get booed by the people of the Gulf Coast of Florida. We will complain about, you know, filthy players like Jacob Truba and Tom Wilson and Nazem Kadri. But on a night like this, it all comes down to just hockey. It always does. It's clean, it's fast, it's fun, and it's beautiful. And when you see at the end an honest player like Gabe Landeskog being the one sent down the rink to take the cup from Bill Daly, who was filling in for Bettman, you can appreciate that moment. You see everything that Landeskog gave up, how long he'd been in Denver how many different teams, and really bad teams, by the way, that he'd been on. Then he goes and hands the cup off, and I predicted this, to Eric Johnson, who'd been with the Avs the longest, a dozen years, through a bunch of those tough times. And you see their eyes go wide, and you hear when they're interviewed, and I've been on the ice, obviously, twice just recently conducting those interviews, and you hear those long pauses before they answer because they don't even know the question you asked. They have no idea. I can't tell you. But between San Jose and Nashville, how many guys I would ask something, and they'd be looking up at something or looking around for their families and just they'd hear that I asked a question and they'd, they'd hear that I finished the question but then they would come back with something like, yeah, these are great guys and what a what a moment and everything else. And they had no idea. They had no idea. They're delirious with delight. I don't know that it's different or better than any other sport in that regard. I do know that the trophy is. 
but I do know that it is, it's a ceremony and event unlike any other. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across Western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. It is good for this game that the Avalanche won the cup. It is also good for this game that the Lightning got back there and nearly pulled off the unthinkable with a three-peat nearly 40 years since the last time anybody did that. That, of course, being the Dynasty Islanders of 1980 to 83. They, too, have been built on the same foundation. The skill, the speed, the smarts, and they've also had a measure of size thrown in there as well, not to mention the brilliant goaltending of Andre Vasilevsky, the best in the world still at his position. And I got to tell you, they impressed me almost as much. John Cooper acknowledged after game six last night that Braden Point never should have suited up. Braden Point won't be ready, he said, to participate in any kind of hockey activity until September. And they still, on the backs of the same familiar core of Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, Victor Hedman, and of course Vasilevsky, made that run and came that close despite being embarrassed, and I mean utterly embarrassed, in Game 1. The Lightning are good for hockey. They're good for hockey's growth. They're good for more people in the South to get exposed to what makes hockey special. And it's really something to see when repeat champions or two-time repeat champions take a loss like that as hard as they do. I was there with the Penguins after Evgeny Kuznetsov scored on that breakaway against Matt Murray and ended their hopes of a three-peat. And to see their reactions, to see the emotions, the, the devastation that they exhibited afterward, you'd never know that most of those same guys had just won two in a row. You'd never know it. Why? Because that's what it takes to become a champion. You have to want it that badly. The fact that the Lightning made it back this far, farther than those Penguins did, I should add, in 2018, is a remarkable achievement in and of itself in the salary cap era. Unprecedented 11 consecutive playoff victories. I'm not going to lie. Like you, waking up today, you're going to realize hockey season's over. and You're not going to have a game to watch tonight or tomorrow night or again until early October. And it's, it's going to be a bummer. It is. But I am just ecstatic with the way the NHL season reached a crescendo with the final and then with which team won and how they won it. Not to make this yet another screed about the Rangers, but you never want to see a team advance based on dirty play. 
You never want to see that. It hurts everything. It hurts the future of the game because GMs think, ah, that's how it gets done. And you know and I know, especially if you've been watching hockey for a long time, that the copycatting takes place instantly. They just see who won and they go, oh, yep, we're going to do that. Joe Sackick and the Lightning did it right. Congratulations to them. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Patrick O'Toole, and I love this. Patrick asks, so, did a hotel employee just become enemy number one in Tampa? Wow. Okay. For those of you who don't know about this or didn't stay up late enough to catch all the post-game fare, Nate McKinnon, very shortly, like a couple of minutes after taking his lap with the cup, was being interviewed on the ice, and... He brought up on his own that the room that was randomly assigned to him at his downtown Tampa hotel was 1787. And he saw, per this interview, the 87 as a sign because Sidney Crosby had been communicating with him through the final, uh, keeping him calm. You can tell from watching him on the ice that he's kind of a high-strung sort uh, not least of which is in his play with that frantic stick handling that he's able to do it at warp speed. McKinnon and Crosby, for anybody who doesn't know, are both from Coal Harbor, Nova Scotia. They train together in the summer times. They've even done uh, commercials together, a, a brilliant one a handful of years ago for Tim Horton's Donuts, where they're both working the drive through uh, And as people come around, they see uh, Sid and Nate you know, all dolled up in the Tim Hortons gear, these white uniforms, and they get stunned and everything else. It's just great stuff. You can find it online pretty easily. Uh, for McKinnon to think of Sid in that moment uh, it just blows my mind because it's a very Sid-like thing to do. And you know what I'm talking about when I say that. Sid has that um, has that knack for always saying slash doing the right thing. Uh, McKinnon is, in his own right, a great player. I believe he can wind up being a generational player. I think Makar is that already, and Makar, incidentally, was very deserving of the Conn Smythe Trophy. Nate easily can blossom into that. I think you'll need to see him at least you know, get an MVP or two, scoring title or two. He's got to establish himself at some point as either the best player in the league or in the conversation. I think he's made his way at times into the conversation, but to be considered the best player in the league right now, you've got to either score 60 goals like Austin Matthews did, and you've got to do it in Toronto to make sure you can get all those extra votes, or you've got to match the kid in Edmonton. And the kid in Edmonton is going to be around for a while. And whether or not he ever does damage in the playoffs, and I don't believe he ever will with the Oilers, uh, Connor McDavid's obviously going to be at the head of every conversation when it comes to this. And by the way, I'd be remiss if I didn't extend a special individual congratulation 
to Jack Johnson. Jack will have an entire episode devoted to him tomorrow just because of all the fuss about Jack when he was here. Somehow, he was good enough for the best team in hockey, and no one appeared to enjoy that trip around the rink with the cup more than Jack did. And man, I I couldn't be happier. Just what a dude. What a dude. Anyway, let's do this again tomorrow. Thanks for the question. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.